0: Welcome into the FogNet podcast. Michael Swain here. After Kansas fell to Iowa State, forty-one to thirty-one, and that was definitely an an interesting game uh, in, in terms of KU's uh, uh, performance. Uh, it definitely makes last week's game versus Oklahoma State look even the more weird just considering you know how prolific Kansas' offense was in the second half. But to give you an idea of what we'll talk about today, um, not too much really to break down from the game. We've got a lot of stories that kind of broke down a lot of the aspects of the game. but I think what we should focus on today is kind of looking at the the senior class that will be honored this week against Baylor Kind of just looking through some of the guys that are that, that will be playing their final games. As Jayhawks and looking at their careers and the significance in terms of, you know, the program history for a couple of them and within even just this past five year period and, and their own significance uh, for KU football. Uh, and if you are looking for more game coverage, by all means, go to fog.net. We've got all sorts of great stories up there right now. I wrote about Puka Williams' performance. Uh, Scott wrote about the players only meeting that happened before the Iowa State game. Um, we've got plenty more stories coming out over the next couple of days. This podcast will be out Monday morning, so by then we should have plenty of stories, including grades, who stood out, who didn't, and all sorts of other great content from the Iowa State game. Um, but starting off talking about some of the seniors that will be playing their final games, of course I think it's probably important to start with the starting quarterback. Carter Stanley will be playing his final game as a Jayhawk Uh this Saturday against Baylor. And man, has it been a roller coaster of, of a, of a five year period for Carter Stanley. Um, of course, there's the number of offensive coordinators that he had in his time here um, under David Beatty and under Les Miles, where he's had three offensive coordinators in this season itself. Uh, and for Stanley, I think in terms of uh, total career, you look at him and his place in Kansas history, he's Probably the best quarterback, uh, statistically at least, since Todd Reesing. Um, and on Saturday, he surpassed David James uh, to claim sole possession of second place in the most career passing touchdowns in KU history. Um, I'll let you guess how many you think he has. Think of a number uh, 37. And Todd Reesing had 90 in his career. So Carter Stanley would finish in second and not even have half of the total touchdowns Todd Reesing had in his career. I guess that shows you how uh, unable to produce the Kansas quarterbacks have been. There have been talented guys that have come through, but the production has not been there. But Stanley has definitely turned it on uh, under Brent Deerman, especially, especially uh, the first two games of the Brent Deerman era. For Kansas but even looking back through his entire Kansas career uh, you think back to the 2016 season where he plays in nine total games kind of plays sparingly through the first bunch and then kind of turns it on late in the season you know he plays against Iowa State and of course the Texas game uh, and that's a performance that I think Stanley you know on top of the his senior year performance but I think that that game against Texas is something that he will always be remembered for just because of how big of a win that was for the program at the time under David Beatty. Uh, and in terms of just significance uh, for Kansas as a whole, beating Texas is a pretty big deal, uh, especially you know with the prestige and the name and, and the weight that a Texas program holds. Granted, it maybe isn't as good as it once was, but still beating Texas at home uh, on that team I think is real significant, and I think it begs the question. You kind of think about you know his career as a whole. You think about that 2016 season, you know, plays a bunch of games, doesn't necessarily get a, a bunch of time until the very end of this season. Uh, and yet, you wonder what happens if they turn the keys over to Carter Stanley. Does he develop into what he is now, a, a better version of what he is now, or does you know, uh, you know do things kind of fall through for him? So I think in terms of, you know, overall quarterback significance, Carter Stanley has been really good as a Kansas quarterback compared to the other guys uh, uh, that have come through the program just in terms of production, especially this year, uh, and especially this year. That cannot go without question. I mean, he's going to end up throwing for over uh, about probably 20 or 2,750 yards on the season. Uh, he's already completing passes. His 61% clip will end up probably at that number as well uh, in a really good senior season for Carter Stanley. Yes, there have been ups and downs in terms of performances and, and their consistency maybe hasn't been there even on like a drive-to-drive basis. You think about you know the Iowa State game, I think that kind of encapsulated maybe his, his Kansas career as a whole where he get, where you see what the offense can look like when he catches fire. Especially in that second half, late in the third quarter and into early in the fourth quarter. You know, the offense looked awesome. And yet, early in the first half, it felt like he was missing some throws. He maybe wasn't as sharp as he was later in the game. I think that just encapsulates his, his Kansas career as a whole. The talent is there, just the consistency maybe wasn't always. And I think when you look back in, in, in five, 10 years and, and you mention Carter Stanley to friends, you know, relatives, kids, whatever when you talk about Carter Stanley, it will be in a positive light. And I think that's good for a kid that came in without a ton of prestige or, or recognition to his name. And he really built on that. And, and I think that he can be proud of uh, of his performances. And another guy that, you know, really you think about that Texas game in 2016, it's Mike Lee. You know, he had a career day and it's so funny. Again, against Iowa State, he had his best game statistically since that Texas game. Uh, against Texas, he recorded you know 11 total tackles. He had the, the interception that helped push Kansas uh, to victory in that game. And against Iowa State, he comes out and gets 13 total tackles, a career high. Uh, so for Mike Lee, you think about him, comes in, plays as a freshman, is really good. Then that, that sophomore year, he kind of goes down. He, uh, he struggled with missed tackles a lot. But then the last two years, He's been really good. And you think of just Mike Lee, when you think of him, you think of the vicious hits, um, you know, popping the ball free. Uh, I think of a lot of the hits that he made against West Virginia earlier this year, where he was just flattening dudes. He's going to go down as, at least in this decade, as one of the hardest hitters KU has had in the secondary. I mean, he just is so, so powerful when he hits guys. And for as much as you know, he has struggled with missed tackles at times throughout his career. He's someone that's been really solid for you defensively as, as an upperclassman. And along with him, you know, you think about Bryce Tornadin and his development as a Jayhawk, and he's going to be playing his final game this Saturday too. Uh, he's someone that came from Free State. You know, another one of the guys that you know, a local kid that didn't necessarily have a ton of accolades coming in, but he's someone that, in terms of leadership has taken on such a great role and he deservedly so has won a lot of awards this season. Um, you think about some of the uh, the community awards and, and those things, you know, he's been someone that has been a real good ambassador uh, for the Kansas football program. You know, there of course there are moments where you realize that he is not the perfect football player. There are times, you know, uh, you think about maybe the targeting hit that was a little unlucky. Um, but, for him in total, the leadership that he's brought, what he's meant to the community in terms of outreach, and that uh, he's someone that, again, is another guy that you can look at and say, man, that right there is a kid that you, you can be happy for, that he's gotten this opportunity, and whatever he does in life, he's someone that you can really root for going forward. And someone along the lines of that too, I mean, Hakeem Edenji, he's someone that I think it out of this senior class, I think he might be one of the most underrated of uh, players. He's a four year guy. Uh, he's played significantly all four years. I mean, he started 12 games as a freshman in the Big 12, he started 12 games as a sophomore in the Big 12, he started 12 games as a junior, and he's going to start 12 games again this year. You know, he's someone that, and even I will always remember H- Hakeem um, from that stretch his sophomore year, where he had the torn labrum uh, against Iowa State. He plays at left tackle. And then against TCU, uh, he goes and moves over to right tackle in that debacle of a game at TCU uh, where KU ended up having to go with the – or the game went to a running clock late on. But he's someone that in that sophomore year played through two torn labrums. I mean, you talk about giving your all for a program and, and not complaining and, and not sitting out and saying, oh, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm not going to play. He's someone that is pushed through – And I think when you listen to some of the other offensive linemen talk about Hakimi Deneji, I think, of course, there's that leadership aspect and the softness that he brings uh, in terms of being a leader and a mentor for some of these younger offensive linemen. But he's also someone that I think has set the tone within that offensive line room with his work ethic, ethic, with the way that he treats others within the program. You know, he's someone that... as I said, will be definitely an underrated Jayhawk when you think back to Hakeem Denishi's career. And for him, it's so awesome that he gets to go and play at the Senior Bowl, uh, in Alabama later on this season and, and put on display, you know, what he can do. Is he an NFL tackle? Probably not. He'll if, for him to have a career in the NFL, it looks like and it sounds like it probably mean moving inside to play one of the guard spots or at center, uh but even for him, as a Jayhawk, fighting through the injuries, um, being just a consistent week in a week out starter, a guy you can depend on, someone that is not going to make a ton of mistakes, uh, he is definitely you know someone that deserves a lot of recognition. Now, in terms of other guys that are going to be playing their final games at Jayhawks, of course, there's Dalen Charlotte, who, man, this season especially, you know, he's not consistently produced, but he has shown flashes and of the talent you know that of course made him one of the highly rated recruits uh in in his class and what meant led him to Alabama uh but you've seen those flashes this season and he's someone that is a little bit more of maybe a what if you know what if uh a, another coach that maybe trusted him more or wanted to use him more came in and and used him what what that what would that have looked like if Dalen Charlotte is able to play you know 36 games over uh, the three years that he's been at KU since he transferred. you know, Those are some of the things that maybe Dalen Charlotte will be thought about. Um, Elmore Hempstead will be playing his final game. He's a cornerback. He was a, a junior college uh, transfer. He's someone you think about last year. Man, he played through after he lost his brother. And to do that and for him to come out and play, I think spoke a lot to him as a person and even getting to interview him a couple of times. He's a great guy, a little soft spoken, but just a great guy. Shaq Richmond will be playing his final game. Azur Kamara, Najee Stevens McKenzie, two guys that are playing their final games. Uh, those two, especially as outside linebackers coming from junior college. Uh, both didn't necessarily play a ton as juniors last season, but both have been integral to Kansas' defense this season. Azur Kamara leads the team in sacks. I mean, Najee Stevens McKenzie, you think about the interception against Oklahoma that he came up with, where. In midair, he's able to kind of grab the ball from the Oklahoma defender. And then he had the interception against Texas, which set KU up to take the lead late on. Um, you know, he's someone that those are two guys that as seniors have definitely produced and stepped up. Uh, Jeremiah McCullough, it definitely sucks that he was not able to play uh, the back half of this season after an injury ended this season. Uh, he's a guy that definitely is, along with Mike Lee, one of the hardest hitters on the team. Son Defense is playing his final game as a Jayhawk after his three years at KU. He's someone that has been pretty good at cornerback. He's, he's definitely had mistakes, but he's someone that has been a consistent starter at least. Um, he's a guy that started a ton of games in his three years here. Of course, Manny Miles will be a senior. Um, I mean, We've seen what he's done this year, really, just the Oklahoma State game and the final drive against Kansas State. Um, and then a couple guys that I'm not sure what their participation looks like this season. So unsure if they'll, uh, be able to redshirt. but Denzel Feaster is a senior, um, and then Deontay Ford will be playing his final game. And then on the defensive line, you, you know, you're losing, um, Jelani Brown, Cody Cole, Darius Moraney, you know, three guys that have produced a ton of seniors, uh, on the offensive line, you're losing Andrew Tovey, Antoine Frazier, uh, I, I believe I've, I'd have to check on his participation logs this season. He may not have played uh, in the four game – or the uh, the limit so far, playing in that uh, uh, fourth game. But Clyde McCauley, too, someone that will be departing after this season. And, of course, James Szynski. Uh, of course, James Szynski. Man, you think about his KU career, getting the opportunity uh, to play on the football team, first of all, but then to go and be a part of that, that Final Four team uh, – with Devontae Graham, Svima Luke and he scored points in the final four. I mean, that's pretty freaking cool. And then also scored a touchdown this season. You know, he hasn't played as much late on in the season as he did early on in the season, but he's someone that will always be, uh, in terms of maybe cult heroes, if you will, he will definitely be one of those that will always have a cult hero following just from his time playing with the basketball team and even his play early on uh, as a senior. So... Those are the guys that you'll be seeing kind of the last glimpse of. In terms of senior classes, uh, it is going to be a bigger senior class that's going to be departing this season. Um, you are going to lose a lot of guys, especially on that offensive line and defensive line. But this is a senior class that has a lot of, uh, in terms of significance in Kansas history, think last year, you know, Daniel Wise, Joe Dineen, uh Steven Sims being kind of the main three guys that, in terms of significance for KU. Um, those are three really big pieces in what's happened over the past five-year period. But the Carter Stanleys, the Mike Lees, the Hakima Deneges, and the Bryce Tornadins—those are the guys you're losing this year. But those are great faces for the program, and you always hope for them the best. You know, not all of them are going to end up playing in the NFL, but you can always wish them, you know, success going forward. So that's going to do it for the podcast today. Um, felt like it was just a good change of pace from breaking down the games every time just talking a little bit about kind of the players and their own significance and maybe a little bit more of the off-field stuff because I feel like we don't maybe focus so much on that on the podcast. So a little change of pace before the end of the football season. Um, as always, you can find all sorts of great content on fog.net. Maui Invitational is this week. Going to have really good content there. Um, coming from the games, we'll do our quick gamers. We'll have a wrap-up podcast at the end of Maui Invitational. And, of course, the post-game stories, recapping the biggest storylines from the game. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at mswain97. You can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at Chasen Scott. And as always, please rate and review on iTunes. If you've liked what you heard this season through football season, leave a rating, leave a review. We really appreciate it. Um, We're going to keep doing this through basketball season. So we'll keep this going and keep this train rolling for, uh, for at least a foreseeable future and through basketball season and into the NCAA tournament. And with that said, we'll probably talk to you Wednesday night after the final of the Maui Invitational.